the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you so very much for joining us this morning at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on a free-for-all Friday edition of the Bob France Authority. It's the first morning of the month of February in the year of our Lord, 2019. And uh, wow, what a start to February by by, uh, totaling up the number of jobs created in the month of January despite the government shutdown. Let's say that again. Despite the government shutdown in which people were furloughed and put out of work on the federal, uh, uh, at the federal level, uh, in many cases, the United States economy continues to grow the jobs in this country. President Trump's policies that he implemented in stark contrast to Barack Obama's policies in focusing on not service sector low-wage jobs, but on manufacturing and high-wage jobs is working. No matter what the the um, uh, political environment or climate, and it's very, very negative now, even though the stock market had a terrible December, one of the worst months on record, we rebound. First of all, with the stock market, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average has had record gains, the best in the month of January in the last 30 years. So while stocks were booming, so were jobs. 304,000 jobs were created in the month of January, 296,000 in the private sector, 8,000 in the public sector. The unemployment rate ticked up to 4%. That's really where the furloughed workers come into this. The number of unemployed ticked up, 175,000 reporting as temporarily laid off. Now, the, the, the very important part of that, another very important part of that, let's, let's rephrase that is the fact that the workforce participation rate continues to skyrocket. More and more individuals have come out of hiding and are looking for work because they know that wages are up and that better jobs are available. And so that also ticks the unemployment rate up a little bit to 4%. But this is absolutely enormous. 304,000 jobs created in the month of January, according to the Labor Department. Uh, economists had expected the payrolls to rise by 170,000. How about that? Not quite double, but doggone getting up near that. Not quite double, uh, but 170 projected, 304,000 actually created, and the labor force participation rate, 63.2%. That's the highest in the Trump era in the last two years, the highest monthly uh, number, 63.2% in January. Absolutely amazing. The job growth, every, you know, look, a lot to do today. And when I say free for all Friday, let me throw this out here for you too. I mean literally free for all today. We have made this a guest free program. So the phone lines will be open to you all two hours. Every single moment of the two hours you can dial and we'll get you up and on the radio, whatever your topic is. Obviously we've hit a lot on the abortion topic today. Cory Booker is now in the race. There's a lot of national news and a lot of local, local news to get into. 
But uh, whenever you're ready, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Either one of those will get you here. So we're going to talk about all of those things. But but I just have to say this part about the, the political climate and, and all of the anti-Trump angst, all of the hatred out there for the president. Um, anybody who's being remotely objective, can we can we agree on this? We are in a period of economic growth that is astronomical, particularly important given the snail's pace of growth that we had in the eight years of the Obama administration. The Obama administration gave us the slowest recovery from recession, and we have had recessions throughout American history, but the slowest recovery from recession that we have seen in uh, in decades in the United States. Barack Obama left office with all of his regulations in place, all of his policies, his anti-growth, anti-business policies, his complete surrender to foreign nations when it comes to manufacturing. We're never going to bring those manufacturing jobs back. Trump says he thinks he can bring the manufacturing jobs back. How's he going to do that? Does he have a magic wand? All of, Barack Obama left with all of his negativity, and in less than two years, President Trump destroyed all of those regulations, created a pro-business environment, pro-manufacturer's environment, lowered the taxes for everybody, including businesses, who then turned around and said, thank you, I now have the capital to expand my operation. I now have the money that I need to build another plant, to grow my uh, my output. I need more workers for that, putting more Americans to work at high-wage jobs, not at the lame uh, uh, service uh, sector job rates. And that, of course, is not calling the people who work in the service sector lame. I'm talking about your pay. You deserve more. It is what it is, though. Those jobs don't pay a ton in the service sector. And President Trump said, yeah, that's not going to do it. Let's bring back high-wage jobs. And in less than two years, he's done it. The economy continues to hum along at a great pace. Job creation is is beyond what most people would have even expected from a pro-growth a business leader's perspective president, such as President Trump's, it's just been off the charts. It really has. A minor hiccup or two for a month or two, you know, here and there, but the overall trend of job growth is ridiculously terrific. I mean, we're talking about not just the uh, the regular unemployment rate, the overall unemployment rate, but we've been discussing this for, for a while now. Black Americans, Latino Americans, women, youth, who are looking for jobs, the jobless rates are at record lows for all of them. And there were more people searching for work now than before because they stopped, or, you know, during the Obama administration, they said there's nothing there and I can't make it on, you know, service sector jobs. I need better opportunities. Now the opportunities are there and they're like, they're all uh, applying now. That's why the labor force participation rate is up. So anyway, and that's why the jobless rate ticked up a little bit. But I just wanted to kind of highlight that. There's going to be more continued stones thrown at President Trump for all of all kinds of reasons. And we got a story today. If you didn't see this, once again, not just President Trump, but President Trump supporters. If you are a Trump supporter, you are not welcome in various places of business in the United States. As long as they can tell, as long as you advertise your support for Trump, get out. How, how are we in this place? 
San Mateo, California is what I'm talking about. It's a suburb of uh, uh, San Francisco. There is a business out there, a restaurant, and the part owner of the restaurant, chef and part owner of the restaurant, J. Kenji Lopez Alt, uh, tweeted uh, uh, something uh, yesterday. No, I beg your pardon, tweeted this on Sunday. It hasn't happened yet, but if you come to my restaurant wearing a MAGA cap, you aren't getting served. Same as if you come in wearing a swastika, white hood, or other symbol of intolerance and hate, end quote. Now, as of Wednesday afternoon, the post had more than 2,100 likes and more than 200 retweets, but it also received a lot of criticism and a lot of negative press because of its obvious hypocrisy, and so it was taken down. What hypocrisy, you say? If you come in here wearing something that I deem to be a symbol of hate and intolerance, I hate you and will not tolerate you, and you must leave. (laughs) That's just the kind of mindset these people are. These people have, rather. But the negative Trump attitude and and atmosphere that continues to exist in this country, even as he continues, in my mind, to do the right things, for the right reasons. It's simply staggering. How can people not set aside their own political biases, and how can they not set aside their own anger and their own um, uh, frustration and say, I hate him. I don't like him. I don't like his orange skin tone. I don't like his mouth. I don't like his personal characteristics. I don't like the way he tweets. But, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. Isn't that okay to say? Isn't that okay to say, American left? You don't have to like his haircut. I don't. You don't have to like the fake tan thing he's got going with that orange skin. I don't. You don't have to like the way he tweets. I don't. You don't have to like his personal past with respect to infidelities and divorces and all of these kinds of things. I don't. But you have to say he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, just think about the economic indicators that determine a presidency's success or failure. All of them skyrocketing in the two years of the Trump administration. If the next two years continue to to show the same growth in jobs, in GDP, in wages, if the next two years continue with the same sparkling economy, and if presidential elections are still usually, now that's awkwardly phrased, if presidential elections are still decided based on economic growth, and economic success. Donald Trump should walk through the field of three dozen expected Democrat candidates and one eventual nominee to re-election. If that's how we still judge presidents and presidential elections. Of course, there is a flip side to this. And I'm, I'm, and, and I'm just reacting off the cuff here, by the way. This isn't what I'm going to talk all day about. But I just saw the jobs report come on a half an hour or come out a half an hour before we came on the air. And I just felt like I needed to say this uh, about the president and about the job that he has done and about the, the uh, economic growth that we are experiencing in this country. 
and that the left should at least pause for two seconds in their hatred of him and say, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job. I might not like him. I don't like his border wall. I don't like this, that, or the other thing, but he's doing a pretty good job. There are a lot of really great things that you have to say are going on in this country right now. But, of course, the flip side of all of that is the next two years, the president will be trying to accomplish these things. He will be trying to accomplish uh, more of the uh, pro-business and pro-growth policies that he has uh, in play, uh, put in place in the first two years of his term. But this time he's going to face the obstinance and the obstruction of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. They run the House, and they will do everything they can to stop. Now, I want you to hear me say this and, 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 and hear it clearly and understand it clearly. For two years, the next two years, the Democrat Party in the United States of America will try to hurt this country. Okay? For the next two years, they will do everything in their power to tank this country's economy. They will do everything in their power to stop this country from uh, creating more jobs. They will do everything in their power to stop you from saving money on your tax bills. They will do everything in their power to stop you from earning higher wages. They will do everything in their power to encourage more criminal activity to come across the border. They will do everything in their power to hurt the United States of America and her people for the next two years. And the reason why should be obvious. Because if we continue on the pro-growth track, we are journey secured. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 926 now as we continue. It's funny, I'm, uh, I'm barely getting the words out and people are reposting them on Facebook. <laughs> and I say that uh, appreciatively, not uh, uh, disparagingly, uh, to my friend uh, Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic. Literally, uh, during the break there, uh, after I talked to you about the Floor King, I uh, saw something pop up on my Facebook and there it is. Uh, Charlie is putting on his Facebook page, loosely quoted from Bob France, you don't have to like the way he tweets or his haircut or his tan or the way he speaks, but you can't say that the president isn't doing good things for uh, economically, economically rather, for everyone in the country. The left should step aside from their unjustifiable hatred and think about that for a moment. Yes, uh, that is loosely quoted, Charlie, and thank you, my friend. I appreciate the support and the sharing of the uh, thoughts on social media. Uh, I would say this, if you missed the quote in its entirety and you would like to hear it more tightly transcribed uh you can always make sure to hear our uh, program uh, by podcast after the show usually the uh whole whole show is podcast right at the end of the show at 11 o'clock so check for it check for it there anything you might miss in terms of commentary interviews or the like i would uh caution uh, charlie though and everybody else on one thing it's not just that the left needs to step aside from their unjustifiable hatred but also the never trumpers on the right you know, there are still Republican never-Trumpers who do not want him to succeed and who do not want him to get credit for everything that has happened because he uh, has rattled their cages. He has come in and tried, even though it's not anywhere near drain, but tried to drain the swamp of some of these creatures who have uh, uh, been getting along just fine uh, with the Republican establishment as they have known it and as they have run it. So there are never-Trump uh, never Trumpers on the right and the left that the President of the United States has to uh, negotiate in terms of obstacles. And that really, in my opinion, makes the accomplishments, the economic numbers I've been discussing, 
even that much more impressive. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Let's go to Maury, who is waiting in Beechwood on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Maury. Go right ahead. Hi. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Um, you just you just stole my thunder. I'm uh, sorry. I called you last in May, where there was some criticism that uh, President Trump was receiving across the board, mm-hmm. Bush tweets and for other things. And I mentioned to you at that time that he's a businessman. He thinks strategically and long-term. And even though uh, you're concerned or we're concerned about what the Dems say, they're always going to stick together, and they're always going to criticize them regardless. But even in those first two years where we had control, what did, what did Paul Ryan do? Uh, I'm more concerned, as you just mentioned, about the never-Trumpers, mm-hmm. and not in rhinos, and even some in, some in Congress who are not, or in the Senate, who are not never-Trumpers, but just never seem to side with the president on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you just imagine what he would have accomplished um, in his first two years? Had he had any support whatsoever from his own party? Can you just imagine it? Well, you know, you know that's a great. That's kind of the point I was making. So you're right. You and I are of the same mindset here, Maury. And uh, it, it is really staggering to think of what he. And not just that. Let, let's let's take it one step further, Maury. And, and I'm going to go here because I got to get to news. But let's take your point one step further. Imagine how many things the president could accomplish if he didn't have to deal with the obstruction of the Democrats and the lack of support from many Republicans but also if he didn't have to deal with the most antagonistic, lying, fake news peddling, phony media in the history of the country. No one has ever been targeted the way he has. No chief executive of this country has ever had to deal with this. Can you imagine if the press didn't try to turn the public against him, and if the Republicans, as you mentioned, the people in his own party uh, would not stop trying to uh, uh, interfere if they would stop trying to interfere, rather, and, of course, then the obstruction of the Democrats. Imagine if there was cooperation and fair coverage, the way uh, the way things could be right now. Maury, it's a great point you make, and it's a great call. we got plenty more great calls coming up next on AM 1420. The I'm 35 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Going right back to your phone calls here, but let me share this with you. Again, it's a free-for-all Friday. We're guest-free, so no long interviews for you to wait on hold for. Stay where you are. I'm coming to you. But I do need to hit this since we're talking about the president's uh, uh, economic uh, uh, successes and accomplishments in two years. And, of course, now we continue to deal with national security in the wall. Here's an update from Fox News on the border talks and then something that I think you're going to want to hear after. President Trump telling the New York Times he thinks congressional negotiations over the border wall are a, quote, waste of time, suggesting he plans to declare a national emergency to get it built. This after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi vowed... There's not going to be any wall money in the, in the, in the legislation. White House Counselor... Back telling Fox News at night. To this moment, we've never had a counteroffer. When Speaker Pelosi says no or one dollar or doesn't respond at all, that is not a negotiation. The clock is ticking for Congress to reach a deal. The current funding deal expires February 15th. So what we all knew at the time is being played out before us. When Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, the lying pieces of human flotsam that they are floating in a pool that you would never want to be near, 
when uh, they said that we have to open the government, we have to end the shutdown, and then we can negotiate this wall thing. We knew then what we're seeing now. They were never going to negotiate. They had no interest in negotiations. They were just trying to pin the shutdown on Trump. And we knew that. Don't sign it, Mr. President. We said don't sign that thing. Don't sign a spending bill that doesn't include wall funding. They're not going to negotiate with you anymore now than they have before. And sure enough, here we are, a week into the uh, three-week spending bill to fund the government, and Nancy Pelosi is right back on the nope, 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 no border wall money, because she's boxed in. She represents the human filth of society known as the extreme left of the Democrat Party, and they will crucify her and the rest of her uh, 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 Democrat denizens if she gives in to the president and lets him build a border wall with, uh, with any funding. So she's boxed in. She's trash. And she represents trash, and as such, she is not going to negotiate with the president. So the president says, fine. It's a waste of time negotiating with these people because they're not, as Kelly and Conway said in that clip, they're not actually negotiating anyway. All of that is very true. But why is it fine? Well, the reason why it's fine is because, according to some pretty prominent people in the Department of Defense, President Trump doesn't need Nancy Pelosi for one freaking second not for one cent to build a border wall why 10 u.s code 284 you probably don't know what that means i didn't either until i heard it explained by john rude who's john rude as i said high-ranking member of the defense department he's the undersecretary of defense for policy in trump's pentagon And in questioning by uh, Mo Brooks this week, John Rood laid it out. 10 United States Code 284 says the president can build this wall any freaking time he wants to, and Congress can't say a word. Please listen. Uh, 9-11, as we all know, uh, resulted in the deaths of roughly 3,000 Americans in New York, Pennsylvania, and Washington, excuse me, Virginia in the Washington, D.C. area. And the net effect of the loss of those 3,000 lives was to invade Iraq and Afghanistan at cost of trillions of dollars and many thousands of lost lives by military personnel and civilian support personnel. In contrast, illegal aliens cause roughly 2,000 homicides on American soil per year, at least over 2,000 Illegal aliens were apprehended by federal law enforcement officers in fiscal year 2018 for homicides. And as was mentioned earlier by uh, Congresswoman Hartzler and and Congressman Scott, uh, drug overdoses cost roughly 70,000 American lives per year. And the evidence is overwhelming that a substantial portion of the drugs, those poisons that cause the loss of American lives, come across our southern border illegally. In terms of lost American lives, then, our poor southern border, combined with the homicides of illegal aliens, far exceeds the loss of life caused by 9-11. With that as a backdrop, I want to direct your attention to 10 United States Code 284, which authorizes President Trump to deploy the military to the southern border to build fences and to do a lot of other things. 
And for clarity, if you look it up in the dictionary, the word fence includes the word barrier, and the word barrier includes walls made of a variety of different materials. So that having been said, it seems to me that 10 U.S. Code 284 can be used by the President of the United States to direct the United States military to build a wall. Now, as of today, uh, you've mentioned military forces along the southern border. Have any of them been deployed pursuant to 10 U.S.C. 284? Okay, now before we hear the answer there again, that's, uh, that's Mo Brooks, uh, uh, represent, uh, Alabama, uh, C- uh, Congressman Mo Brooks, who is, uh, one of the most outspoken supporters of the wall, as you can imagine there. The voice you heard so far is Mo Brooks. Now here's John Rood, Undersecretary of Defense for Policy, answering his questions. Uh, Congressman, I don't believe any of our forces have been deployed pursuant to 10 U.S.C. 284. You are correct, however, that that use of authority would authorize the Secretary of Defense to erect barriers, roads, uh, fencing, those type of materials to to disrupt drug smuggling. Does 10 U.S. Excuse me, 10 U.S.C. 284, as you understand it, require the declaration of a national emergency before it is implemented? No. It does not? No. Has President Trump, to your knowledge, ever used 10 U.S.C. 284 to direct the military to build the wall that is necessary for border security? No, not to my knowledge, Congressman. If President Trump were to direct the Pentagon, the United States military, pursuant to 10 U.S.C. 284, to build such barriers as are necessary to secure our southern border from drug trafficking and international crime cartels, would the United States military obey that order? If, if we uh, judge it to be a lawful order, yes, sir. And, and I assume it would be. Thank you. I appreciate uh, your responses. And, Mr. Chairman, I yield back the remainder of my time. That, to me, is the game changer, my friends. That is the game changer. Nancy Pelosi will not negotiate putting funding forth for a wall. Congressman Brooks just confirmed by way of Undersecretary John Rood in the Defense Department that Congress doesn't have a say. If the president tells the Pentagon to build something to stop or inhibit the smuggling of drugs into the United States, John Rood just said from the Pentagon that they would do it. They would do it at the Pentagon's cost, Pentagon budget, which, by the way, is overfunded right now by the uh, by an amount of, uh, of around eighty-two billion dollars. We're talking about five point seven billion dollars. Heck, for a wall that spans the entirety of our southern border, which of course we wouldn't do anyway because of the natural barriers that that exist in certain places. But even if we did want to do the entire thing, it's twenty-five billion dollars. Guess what? All of that would be covered by the Pentagon, and the Democrats could stop nothing because it doesn't require a new outlay of money in the budget or in a spending bill. So the bottom line here is, friends, we may have just heard a game changer from Congressman Brooks confirmed through Undersecretary John Rood, who said, yes, we at the Pentagon would absolutely follow the president's order if it was deemed to be a lawful order, and of course, he cannot see why it would not be. We are seeing drugs smuggled through the southern border. And if you're looking for an example of that, 
Honestly, do I have to remind you, do I have to tell you if you did not already hear yesterday, that we, meaning the United States Customs and Border Patrol, just had one of the largest seizures of fentanyl from coming across that border in in uh, U.S. history. The president tweeted about it yesterday. And what a perfect time for this to happen. And when I say this to happen, what I mean is what a perfect time right before the State of the Union address as the president tries to tell the American people about the extraordinarily import, extraordinary importance of stopping drugs from flowing across that border to say, here's an example. Here's an example. Our U.S. Border Patrol agents made the biggest fentanyl bust in our country's history. They are, and by the way, according to uh, the experts, the amount of fentanyl that they just seized coming across the border would be enough to kill 57 million people. Let me say it again. If this was dispersed in the population because of the extraordinarily potent and lethal effect of fentanyl, it could kill 57 million people. Our own Congressman Jim Jordan uh, pointed that out in a tweet last night. Largest fentanyl bust in history. Border Patrol seized enough fentanyl to kill 57 million people for context. That's more than the populations of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Minnesota, and Iowa combined. And that just was coming across our border. We caught that bus, or that amount. Lord knows how many of them get through without being caught which is why we need to inhibit those, uh, uh, the arrival of those drugs by way of border barriers. This is what the president has been preaching, and this is something now, again, according to uh, the undersecretary by way of 10 U.S. Code 284, and I've got the language of it just like you heard from, uh, from Mo Brooks there. Uh, the president doesn't need Nancy Pelosi. So if she wants to keep playing these games... All the president has to do on Tuesday night is say, I am announcing by way of 10 U.S. 84, we're building barriers and building walls, and we're going to have the Pentagon pay for it. It's just that simple. Game changer as far as I'm concerned. Back to the phones. Uh, BJ in uh, Strongsville. BJ, go ahead. Thank you. You just described what I renamed the DPOD. Uh, They're killing bills and everything the president wants to do that's prosperous for this country. They try to kill those ideas. All the killing that's been going on from people that have come up here from the South with their drugs and the gangs. This is the Democratic Party of death. These people seem to enjoy anything that kills Americans or kills America. And they really are the the party of death. A a party that allows the murder of babies at birth and post-birth to watch to see if it's healthy or not is incredible. This is the most major issue that America has faced in all the wars we've had. More death is going to take place in America if the party of death, the Democratic Party, continues to proceed with its plans. We are in a civil war. The weapons haven't been taken out, but certainly the opposition party that wants to kill Americans is succeeding in a war of death. Do you imagine how many babies would be killed if they succeed with this plan to kill newborns at birth and after birth to see if they're viable or what their sex might be or may not be? This is not sanity any longer. We are at war, Bob. 
My generation has done the best they could, but we didn't succeed. And I've said this to you before. Unfortunately, it falls on your generation and the generation of our grandchildren and your children. We have, we are in a war right now. We're in the war for the soul of America. The party of death cannot, has not said one word about these killings. Not one word about wanting to stop them. They don't care about God. They don't care about Christianity. They don't give a damn about anything that is spiritual. We are at war. They're, uh, they're and pretending, BJ, that they haven't even heard it. Uh, there was a reporter, Lawrence Jones, who, uh, and, and others, in fact, but there was one particular, I think it was Lawrence Jones, might have been someone, uh, who, uh, went, uh, to Capitol Hill yesterday and on, uh, uh, on Wednesday. And thank you for the call, BJ. Asking various Democratic representatives on Capitol Hill to comment on or respond as to whether or not they agree with Governor Northam in Virginia about that horrific bill that he championed so cavalierly and talking about whether or not the mother wanted us to resuscitate and save the baby or allow the baby to die after birth. Um, and Democrat after Democrat after Democrat after Democrat turned away from the microphone. No comment. Didn't hear it. Sorry was in caucus all day. Didn't hear it. Sorry was in meetings all day. I don't know what he said. I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody will go on the record and defend this man. None. Because they know how inherently evil the position that he laid out truly is. Nancy is a first-time caller, I am told, from Fremont. Nancy, welcome to our program. Thank you for dialing. Go right ahead. Well, I haven't talked to you for a long time. I don't think since you've been on this station. I talked okay. to you before. Okay. All right. But what I wanted to call Nancy, can about, you turn the radio down? It's uh, Yeah, it's yeah, very loud in yeah. the background. It's, yeah. It was my computer. Okay. Um, it was an autoplay video. Anyway, um, what I wanted to talk about was this fact that I wonder why the pro-abortion, late-term abortion people didn't go out and check their own research to find out that the only study that has been done on why women get abortions in the third trimester, why it was not flattering to their cause, because it's not. It basically, it was performed in 2013, and it basically says every other reason that they get them for lack of money, um, they had a partner that was trying to stop them, you know, they couldn't travel to where they had to get it done, blah, blah, blah. Almost none of them said it was because they had to get it because the fetus was not viable or was going to die shortly after birth. And, well, and I did the, did the research, and that's the only study, and it's not looking good for their cause. No, no, of course it's not. And and it, it has never been about viability of the baby, and it's never been about the health of the mother either. And the reason we know those things is because the babies, uh, if there are uh, genetic, de- genetic deformities or abnormalities that might lead a woman to wanting to have an abortion, those things are identified way earlier in the pregnancy. And I am not, of course, endorsing aborting a baby simply because of genetic uh, abnormalities, uh, but just suggesting if that is the excuse they're using, uh, 
about the health of the baby when it is full term. They know long before we get into the third trimester about those things. And as far as, as far as the health of the mother, uh, countless numbers of OBGYNs have said uh, uh, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, right. that is unsafe about delivering a baby uh, that would uh, that would threaten the mother's life. Um, literally, in zero point zero zero one percent of the cases would be that would be the case because obviously childbirth is a very natural thing. It does not kill women. Uh, and so they're looking for excuses. They're looking for reasons to justify their support for the, um, you know, for this abomination. And, uh, uh Nancy, that's, uh, that's exactly what I'm sure that study shows. I will look it up, by the way. I have not seen it myself. Yes, yes. It, um, it was called the Wiley study. And it, uh, I got, I even went to the Gutmaker Institute, and that's a very pro abortion place. And that was the only study they had on there about why women seek those types of abortions so well i'll tell you what I, i'm glad I, you brought it up uh, i'm going to look up that study myself to see what i can find too but i'm really glad you brought it up so that we can have that information that just completely you know refutes and destroys any arguments that they have for late-term abortions thank you so much nancy it's 952 more of your calls right after this am 1420 the answer On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. The following is made possible by Dad. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling all over it. <laughs> the Dad Joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. Why do you have to be careful when it's raining cats and dogs? Because you might step in a poodle. <laughs> and kids that spend more time with their dads grow up to be smarter, more successful. Can I tell you a cat joke? Just kidding. <laughs> and, with any luck, funnier adults. Why didn't the skeleton go to the dance? Because he didn't have any body to go with. Dad jokes rule. So take a moment to make a moment and give your kid a laugh. <laughs> it's as easy as going to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. <laughs> That's really funny. 957, we'll get another call or two here in before the top of the hour. It's free for all Friday. Next hour is also wide open for your phone call. So if you don't get on now, stay, uh, stay on hold. You will be coming very, very shortly. Ron in Brook Park is next. Hi, Ron. Go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning, Bob. How you doing? Good morning. I'm good, Ron. Thank you. Good. Uh, you know, Bob, this is going to sound silly to you, but I want you to think about it for a moment, okay? You got to look at Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, people like that as roaches, okay? Roaches like to thrive in filth. All right. Washington, D.C. is filth. They have been quite happy there for a number of decades. All right. 
Now you got Donald Trump coming in. He's the fumigator. He says, we're not going to live in this filth anymore. He's trying to clean up the mess there. And, you know, if roaches could talk, they would hate you for disrupting their happy home. That's exactly what Trump is doing. He is disrupting their happy home. I would be willing to bet my left eye that somehow, some way, people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and other ones are making money off of this illegal drug trafficking and the illegal um, things that are going on down there at the border. Somehow, they have to be benefiting from it. That's the only thing that would explain why, in the name of the Creator, they would not want to stop this insanity. And, you know, like you said, the timing is perfect with this fentanyl, okay? I mean, there's enough there to kill, what, about... uh, 57 million people. Yeah, Right, exactly. One-sixth I mean, of our population, literally, in that one bust. That, that's, it's one-sixth of the U.S. population. Right, that's what I was looking for, one-sixth, <clears throat> right. I mean, what person in their right mind could sit back and say, you know, that's not a bad idea, though, letting that stuff come in here. There has got to be a monetary gain by these people, or they would want to stop it as badly as Trump and you and I do. There's just got to be. I can't yeah. prove it. But I feel it in my heart and soul. I just wish I could prove it, but I, I there's got to be a logical reason for it. I, I don't think there's like a monetary uh, benefit to them in terms of like a specific payment from someone. But but I think no, it's it's, it's truly all about though. it's truly all about power is what I think it is, uh, Ron. You know they know that if uh, if if that border wall gets you see to them they'd rather just close their eyes to the fentanyl problem, close their eyes to the drugs and the human trafficking and everything else. It's simply about the policy that if Trump gets what he promised the American people he would give them, which is that wall, he's going to win re-election and it limits her ability to do the things that she wants to do uh, that do enrich her by lobbyists and and other organizations that uh, right. that have made her right. a multi-millionaire. Sure, is I that mean, she's worth. Worth a hundred million dollars, okay? I don't care if you're the best coupon clipper on the planet. <laughs> you cannot make making a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year, you cannot right. amass a hundred million dollars. You cannot do so it. So that's people. that's where the money comes in. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't accuse her of taking money from drug cartels or things of that nature Maybe to not to not directly. want it to go. They just don't want the border wall to be built because it helps Trump and anything that helps Trump's hurts her and if it hurts her, it hurts her ability yeah, uh, and her party's ability before. to stay in power and make more money. That's but the Bob, you know. even long before Trump. This yeah. drug this drug thing didn't start when Trump was elected. It's been going on for years. The border has been wide open for years. Okay. So well, yeah, you're you're right. It has. You're right but, in what you're saying. They yeah. don't want Trump to win. That that part is true. But there's got to be something. Somehow the money is getting filtered into them. They call it money laundering. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. I I do know what you're saying, Ron. And, and and the thing I would say this. So you're right about the border being a long a problem. Thanks for the call. I got to go. The music's playing. Uh, you're right about the border being uh, you know open for a long time, and this has been a problem for a long time. The fentanyl part, though, you know, usually it's been cocaine and heroin and other things, but the fentanyl part is a relatively new development, and uh, and and that is certainly something that um, obviously we can look at and say why would she why would she be turning her blind eye to that very very dangerous scourge that is killing so many people in this country. All right, ten o'clock news time now. More of your calls after AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.